Hey, you want to hear some great news? Hey everyone, welcome to the Stewardship of You. This is a Peak Energy Nutrition Podcast. I am your host, Greg Darley. We spend time every week with leaders and experts talking about how can we better steward ourselves, right? We're talking about our energy, our health, because it's difficult to do anything when you're low on energy, especially leading. And like I say, every single week, you owe it to those you lead and those you love to bring your best energy. As a thank you for listening, this podcast is brought to you by Peak Energy Nutrition. You can use the code podcast to get 10% off your entire first order at peakenergynutrition.com. These are premium supplements to help busy leaders. Again, code is podcast. All right, let's get to it today. I'm really excited about, got two guests today. Uh, Brian and Shannon Miles, very successful entrepreneurs. They co-founded Belay, which is this premium uh, premium staffing company that they work all over the, uh, the US. Um, they've graced the Inc. 5000 list multiple times. Um, they've won tons of awards. Entrepreneur Magazine actually named their company Best Company Culture, which is amazing because it's a total virtual culture, so hopefully we'll get a little bit of that. Um, outside of Belay, they own a craft brewing company, which is pretty awesome. Uh, they're on different advisory uh, boards to help nonprofits. They write books. I'm actually really tired just mentioning all of this. So guys, welcome to the show. I'm glad you could uh, could join us. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I just named a whole lot of stuff, you know, uh, but I think it'd be really cool if we start going back to 2010, right? No offense to 2020. Uh, but I was reading, you know, I mean, I've heard your story before. I've, um, I've heard you guys speak and stuff. And so, but I pulled out a little, a little quote here from, you know, kind of the, the bio. It says, in 2010, at the height of the economic recession, when our children were two and five, we left our careers in corporate America, cashed out our 401ks, and went all in on our first business. Now, like I, I was reading that, right? And, uh, you know, we, you see updates on Facebook now, you know, 10 years later. And it's like, wow, that sounds so like... Hollywood-esque and it's great, but well, I mean, we're looking back, right? 10 years from now, it's like, hey, you know, back then, you know, when this happened, when you're actually walking into the bank and, and you know, cashing out, there is no guarantee. There is no, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if this is going to be successful or not. I'm really curious, like, you know, from from y'all's sake as a, as a couple, right? So it's like, hey, we're, we're married, we're, we're parents, but we're also now business owners together. Talk about like how you actually handle the stress of chasing the dream, but also just the reality is, Hey, we got families to feed. We got, you know, new venture, just kind of all that. So I'd love to just kind of go back to that beginning, share a little bit of that. And again, from the, I just think about just the stress now, man, but think about the stress of actually with all the unknowns on top of that. So I'd love to hear that. I mean, the reality is our jobs before we started Belay, we're pretty stressful too. You know, like Brian was traveling like a crazy person. He was on six flights a week, hardly ever home, sleeping in hotel beds, not working out, not eating right. And I was working at a job that had become so like emotionally taxing. It was showing up in my body too. So um, yes, it was a risk to start Belay and leave those jobs. Um, but we were also hopped up on adrenaline and, <laughs> and excitement from that risk that I think, um, the feelings of 
you know, the adrenaline, the being scared, the taking the risk, the having the responsibility for growing this business were all kind of wrapped into one. And we would, you know, try to prioritize, you know, resting and taking breaks from the business. But I mean, as you know, like when you're starting a company, it's, it's hard to feel like that's important. So there were definitely, and Brian's got a story to share around some of the early days and how the stress showed up. Um, but it wasn't that vastly different from the environments that we were leaving. That's interesting. It actually sounds like on one hand, it actually sounds like it might've been healthier, um, to, to transition there, which typically we don't, you know, that, that doesn't seem to be the case or, or I guess people don't really frame it that way. It's the, you know, it's the stress of the startup, the stress of the unknown, but it's like, Hey, actually where we were was actually causing maybe potentially more harm. So this step. That's pretty neat. I've never, you know, again, typically don't hear that. Yeah. Well, I think it, you know, when people look at the, um, the charming things that might be connected to starting a business, I, I think there are a lot of risk and uh, potential pitfalls connected to that. Um, in our instance, we had saved um, and had been pretty good stewards of our money before we started our business so we could take a 50% pay cut. And we did cash in all of our 401k money, which was $160,000 at the time. So that was our start startup capital, um, you know, and, and so we had stress connected to that. We knew that eventually that burn out if we didn't, you know, really kind of grow our company quickly. Um, but for me personally, it was, it was actually, I, I kind of detoxed on not needing to travel. You know, I, um, I was, I was literally gone all the time and it really created a hardship on the family. And I really didn't have a connection with my son who was two at the time. Hmm. So for where well, there's a lot of upsides for what we did too. I love that. I love that. Um, so, you know, one of the things that, that just totally stands out, um, like when you, if you just spend 30 seconds looking at your Instagram feed, which again, I know is not everything, but it's enough. One of the things that just stands out is you guys just have fun, right? So you're dressing up in, you know, later hosing at the brewery, which again is another, yeah, another thing yeah. you started, uh, right? You got the, the whole, you know, Maverick and Charlie for Halloween. Um, yeah. You know, you're hiking the Tetons or, you know, it's just, you're having a lot of fun. So I guess, I guess my question is this, is how much later hosing do you actually own? Is it more than one outfit or is it, you actually have a couple? I think Brian has two yeah. and I have three. So can you ever have enough? <laughs> there you go. Is there such thing as too many? Yeah, that's a good. Okay. Now, my real question, though, is like w- with the fun, because it's one of those where, you know, that, I mean, that, that needs to be a priority. But I guess in the, like, is it always been a priority for you guys? Does it just come natural? Or like, do you have the, or did you have kind of that, you know, Gary V, eat dirt for a decade, don't ever leave, you know, the office, no, never have fun except for, you know, maybe for an, to watch a football game once a month or something. And then you can have fun. Like, how, how's that work for you guys? And how is that? Because I know you're big on culture. And I want to talk about that on, on my yeah. list, too. So how does fun fit in there? And, you know, how do you who comes up with the costumes too? That, that would be the kind of the caveat That's there. It's a it's That's a book. And it's a I will tell you this, though, like. <laughs> We're not um, building businesses and they're not becoming um, our masters. You know, we're building businesses because we want to maximize the freedom connected to it. And with freedom comes the fun that people might see and that are inspired by. But for us, we've just always decided that 
um, we're aiming for something that's way bigger than a couple of businesses that might be profitable or allow us to have some fun. Yeah, and I think we also, you know, didn't want to wait until someday, maybe when to start taking vacation or to take a day off or, you know, to start having fun in our business. Like, we saw it as business was a vehicle for creating the freedom and the flexibility and the fun that we're experiencing now. And so when's the right time to start exercising that? Is it a year in? Is it two years in? No. So we just decided the very first summer that we were in business, we were going to take a vacation with our kids because that's why we did this. That's why we took the risk. And we've just seen our dads pass away when they were pretty young and we've seen other, you know, people's health fail as they get older. And there's just no guarantee that you're going to, you know, eat dirt for 10 years and even have the opportunity to enjoy it at that point. So why wait? Yeah, no, that's, I love that. Um, I saw a, I saw a meme, you know, not to get political, but it was a joke. It, it said, I'm for, I'm all for mandatory vacations. And it had, they, it, you know, there's like going on the vaccine stuff. It is, it looked at how they had stuff. It was like, I'm all for mandatory vacations. And I was like, <laughs> double tap on that. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm curious. So, so we're talking about, again, I mean, the, the fun is definitely connected to the health, right? I'm just one of those where, you know, if you're not, you know, actually enjoying all the, you know, the, the, the fruit, you know, that's coming from all this hard work and, you know, if it's not impacting the relationships, I'm curious, you know, how would you consult, you know, a business owner now, or maybe even looking back, you know, kind of in that, uh, that first part of kind of the growth, real big growth area for you guys. Um, you know, when it comes to the professional kind of personal health of the team members, so again, not like the health of the team, but the actual health of the individuals, right. When it comes to, the virtual culture, right? I mean, it's what 2020 has obviously thrust upon us and you guys have been just perfectly positioned to, to teach and educate and inspire, I think, so many leaders this year because of your, obviously, history in that. But from a virtual standpoint, as the leader, right, how do you recognize, hey, you know, this team member's uber stressed or, man, they're having a real rough stretch with their kids or something, you know, when you're around someone in the office all the time, typically you can pick on that a little easier, right? I mean, they're typically cracking jokes and they're not, but you know, when it's, when it's virtual, that just, there seems to be disconnect there. So as a leader, how do I help, you know, my team, if we're virtual, how do I, how do I make sure that their health and, you know, their mental or physical, emotional, whatever, how do I, how do I, how do I make sure that that's okay? What, what are the warning signs? What does that look like? Well, I think there can be a misconception that virtual means that you're disconnected or that it's less than or secondary to being together face to face. Since we built Belay from the ground up virtual, we found ways to connect our team that doesn't make it feel that way. That, you know, their their leaders and their teammates should be seeing them on a very frequent basis through video conferencing. And so when you're just comfortable working in that environment, you can pick up on those nuances and you can see people's body language or if they're really distracted or coming up disheveled to a call or not as engaged as they normally would be. I mean, those things are great indicators to say, hey, how's, how are you doing? What's going on? You know, and we always post high lows on Fridays in um, our CRM. And it's a great indicator to say, man, I, I see that she's been struggling in this area week after week. Let me touch base with her and see if there's something I can do to support her, or pray for her, or practically help. And another thing is we've implemented, it's been in place for years, a wellness program 
at Belay because way back in the early days, like go back to day one, like we didn't have you know paid time off, we didn't have benefits, we didn't have any reimbursement for anything. And so as we grew, we wanted to implement those things. So we started first with, hey, just because you're you're working from home doesn't mean you're not working, right? You're actually probably working more. And so we had to force people to take time off. So our first thing was a PTO policy and then health benefits and then a wellness benefit that has been super well received by our team. And so they can file for reimbursement for massage, exercise equipment, ergonomic office equipment, oils, um, counseling, like all things wellness that we've defined some parameters around. And that's a really practical way that we can support the overall person to be healthy and improve their lives versus, you know, just the company's, you know, bottom line. What would you say? Cause I hear that and I'm like, man, that's, I love it. I wish more leaders would do that. What do you say to the leader that might push back on that? Be like, you know, like, again, that's, that's all this. I say we're work. We're focused on again. Hey, your your nine to five output. You know, get in there, get your job done. Hey, go whatever. Like, how would you how would you counteract that? Because I would imagine that would come up. Uh, you know, in certain conversations. I would tell them I'd never work for them. That's what I would tell them. <laughs> um, I mean, if they want to attract people in the future state of the workplace, then they'll have to start doing things like that. I just the, the the day and age where the command and control. You come into our office, you work nine to five. That that day's over, and it's over as of March sixteenth, twenty twenty. And I mean, there's so many studies that are coming out right now where people are mandating that. Now, sure, there's younger workforce that does have a social element that would like to come into an office periodically, but this idea that you have to sit in a cubicle, which we lovingly call adult playpens, and then I get to watch <laughs> you work. Those days are over. Like there's a reason why people are shedding commercial real estate space like crazy right now. It's because they've talked to their employees and their employees are actually liking working from home. They're becoming more productive as an organization. There's just a hot, there's just a, anybody that wants to put people back in offices because they built that office or they've spent a crazy amount of money on it. So they have to justify that to send everybody back. So that's, I mean, that's what I tell them. I tell them that all the time. And I think if you're only focused on production and nine to five, you're missing a huge opportunity to make your organization meaningful and to actually improve people's lives and give them something of value and of meaning to connect to. I think you're missing the most rewarding part of entrepreneurship. So dive in there a little bit. I'd love to practically have, Hey, how did you get to that point where you realized that? I mean, was it coming out of the, you know, the, the marketplace or what? Like, how did you actually land to it? Because that's a, for a lot of people, that's a pretty profound, you know, just uh, reality that you would say that almost, almost a philosophy. That's like, wow, that's, that's, that just seems so profound. I think a lot of people wouldn't get there. How did you actually get to that place? Yeah, I think you, you alluded to it. It was working in a totally opposite environment. Um, there were many years with my former company, which was a large corporate corporation I thought I was going to retire from, that I loved it. And it was, you know, in healthcare. And so there was a, you know, inherent good that I thought we were working on. And, you know, the longer I was with the organization, and the more I saw um, the toxicity that became the norm. And the um, adversarial relationships that were established and it's let me squeeze you know blood out of this rock and see how much I can get and it's like why like to what end you know and so I got really um, 
jaded. And I, I noticed some of that toxicity coming into my personal life and my personal interactions and my relationship with Brian and, and my faith. And I thought, wow, life is way too short to wake up every day and anticipate going into that environment and then carrying it home. So when we were fortunate enough to have the opportunity to create our organization from the ground up, we had a long list of things that we didn't want to show up in our company. We didn't want to have to say yes to every client because we knew that some clients weren't going to be a good fit and they were going to treat us like crap and say bad things about us anyway. So why even take the risk, right? We didn't want to have to um, bring on every single individual that came through the door because they were breathing. We would be really selective about our, our hiring processes. And, and we wanted to create a company culture that was of meaning and that, like I said, encourage the individuals to become a better version of themselves. And I think that just has evolved over time. And the team members that we've hired have shared that vision and implemented a lot of really cool things that we never would have even thought of. Um, but we allocate money toward that because we think it's important. So, you, I mean, again, it comes back again, it keeps coming up culture. Uh, so I'd love to kind of take that a step further for, for you two as again, you know, co-laborers, co co-chair co people now. I know you're, you own the business, you're not running it, um, right? Um, but then, again, the, the, the culture of what you've done as, as business leaders together, how is that, or what does that look like again now? How does that fold over to like the culture of home, right? So then the, if you are working remote and just, I mean, all that stuff, how, how do you take that that intentionality from the office and what does that look like for you then like from a from a family culture well i think you know just to kind of push on this notion or this idea for us we believe with all our hearts that culture has nothing to do with the physical location culture is actually shared vision and when people and teams start to see that they'll that and especially business owners they start to communicate a vision that everybody can kind of get behind versus a really fancy office that people can come to that's a really great start but that's true at home as well it doesn't matter where we live whether it's georgia florida wyoming whatever we have a shared vision which is way past the home itself and so we we're really intentional with our kids in terms of we have family meetings uh, now we're not we're not perfect. Hear me. That's but we do our best to have our family meetings where we really kind of talk through the objectives the uh, the objectives of that season, what we're trying to accomplish as a family as a whole. We're very open and transparent with our kids. They're now fifteen and twelve, so when they were five and two ten years ago, you couldn't have that level. But now you're starting to be able to have that opportunity with them, and we we're aiming at a vision that's way bigger than our business, and that's something that our home culture looks like. I love that. I love that. Um, I, I want to get really practical with, with, with both of you here. So both of you have to answer this. So um, no, don't, Brian, I feel like you would duck out of this for some reason. I, know Shannon, I, th I see Shannon Morgan um, uh, doing a lot of stuff. She's, well, you're, uh, I want to talk about again, like sweaty all of a sudden. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd love to talk about kind of just some of your personal kind of personal habits, routines. Uh, I mean, Shannon, I see you do a lot of yoga and you're, you know, do a lot of stuff. Ryan's more, I mean, he's usually like, if I see something, it's like, oh, he's hiking something, you know, going off, taking a backpack and wants to be by himself and, 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 you know, taking a group of guys doing something crazy. But I'd love to talk about, yeah, like practically what, what, what's a, um, what's a health routine? What's a, what's, what's a, for mental health, physical health? Um, what are your top priorities? Just kind of that, like 
get, get really practical with us. What are you doing to, to stay in shape? What are you doing to, you know, stay focused, keep your brain right, all that stuff? You want to go first? Sure. Or to? <laughs> um, I, I learned a system about three years ago by Garrett White. Uh, it's part of the Warrior Network. Um, a lot of what he says is pretty interesting, but there's a foundation which he created. I, I actually live and die by. It's called the Core Four System. And so every day I focus in on my body, my being, which is my walk with God, um, and my balance, which is my relationship with Shannon and the kids and other people and then our businesses. And so part of the body element is making sure that I'm taking good care of it and I work hard to sweat every day um, and hopefully consume good foods and, you know, limit intake and other things aren't great. Um, but that's, you know, body wise, that's what, and then in terms of my being, it's a connection. So it's prayers, journaling, and then in connection with Shannon and the kids and the, and the balance side, it's investing in them and pouring into them in the ways and into other people too. And that obviously mm -hmm. that's part of that too, is having good balance outside of your house. And then businesses is advancing those businesses. Like every day, every day, knowing when I go to bed at night, I was able to advance these businesses in one way, shape or form, whether serving our leaders, um, having a networking call, doing something that would advance the business. That's my goal. So that's mm -hmm. kind of how I holistically focus uh, on my day. Um, and that's why I teach the guys that I mentor to. Mm -hmm. And mine is less structured. <laughs> so, um, I work out probably four days a week, whether it's Peloton or yoga or some other form of cardio. Um, some days, you know, restorative yoga is enough. And it's just the recentering and the regrounding that I'm, I'm needing that day when I feel like I'm sort of floating all over. I will tell you this year, not being able to go into the studio on a weekly basis, I have seen it show up and, and not in a great way. Like there are some poses I can't do anymore that I could nine months ago. So going into next year, I have a goal to like get some of that back, you know, and, and really like, like intentionally work on flexibility and balance and some of the things that have sort of gone by the wayside this year. Um, but in terms of eating, just being you know mindful of eating and um, washing carb intake and fiber and all those really fun things <laughs> that matter over time. Um, but you know, only on Instagram are you perfect, and so the reality is, it's not always you know every day checking all the boxes for me personally. Um, but knowing that ultimately, when I do, that's who I want to be and how I want to show up for myself, for Brian, for the, in, an example for the kids too. Yeah. I, I love that. The, one of the things we teach in our energy class is again, the idea of connecting all those habits to something bigger, right? So it's the, again, you, you are to those you lead in love. Like if you're not bringing your best, then again, it doesn't just impact you. It impacts others, you know, and we see that as leaders, I think in a lot of areas, a lot of you know parts of our life, but more and more realizing, oh, actually my, <laughs> my immunity, my health, my energy, those things are actually impacting all those around me, you know, more so than I think we thought, um, sure. which is, which is really cool. Yeah. So you guys have been around a lot of elite, like incredible leaders, you know, just from your journey. And I mean, you're on podcast, you're going to New York. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you're, you're hanging out with, you know, just world changers. I mean, you guys are world changers too, but you know, one of the things I'm, I'm curious of, what are some of the things you've picked up being around other, you know, really successful leaders, entrepreneurs? What are some of those, 
what have you what have you noticed what have you borrowed you know from from folks I'll feel, free, feel free to name drop too because some of them are really really interesting <laughs> <laughs> we have met some really incredible people yeah. we've been very blessed to have opportunities that you know no doubt that um have really helped us and taught us things too um i was thinking okay i shared this the other day it's really top of mind um when we met with Richard Branson a few years ago, um, he had mentioned risk and kind of like how a lot of people, they will repel risk. Even entrepreneurs, once they kind of have something that's stable, they'll repel risk and they may miss out on an opportunity to help scale the organization up. Um, whereas I've learned, you know, kind of through watching a guy like that and then also just us practicing it is and when risk comes to an entrepreneur, to a business owner, you don't repel it. You actually lean into it and then you qualify it. So you say yes to it, even though you don't necessarily know the outcome and then you qualify it as best you can. And then you back out if it's, you know, if it's required, but oftentimes people will like, they'll see risk and they'll run from it because they think it'll, it'll jeopardize the thing that, that they've worked hard to build. Mm -hmm. Whereas opportunity normally comes in the form of risk. Mm -hmm. And so it's building a posture and an intuitive set to basically say, here comes risk. I'm going to lean into it. I'm going to qualify it. And, um, definitely have seen that, um, uh, and heard that with what Richard said. And think about, I mean, you mentioned fun earlier. There is no better example of a successful entrepreneur no with a kingdom underneath him of all of these virgin brands and leaders and P and L's and all. And he will just, hop on the paddleboard and say, Hey, who wants to follow me around the Island? Like he's in, a, in like what you see as the persona in public is exactly what we observed in our brief time with him too. Like there's no disconnect. And so if you can, you can build organizations of size like that and still have fun. Like we're never even going to come close to anything like what he's built. Like no reason not to have fun too. And I think if we're going to name drop that, like for me, one of the things that I've learned from Damon John is, and he leads this way within his organization, he is always learning. I think part of the reason he loves investing in up and coming companies is because he wants to stay current on trends and innovations and verticals that he hadn't otherwise been part of. And like, We've had, he's been such a great um, supporter of Belay over the years and always comes like open-handed wanting to learn. And it's just such a great example. Like he could just, he could just stop and be done and never have to do anything else and just live on what he's earned. But part of what drives him is not just, you know, a return on his investment in these organizations, but it's the constant desire to learn. And I just, I've learned from that and it's, I think it's inspiring. Yeah, those those are two pretty good ones. Those are pretty uh, two, <laughs> two, two, two pretty awesome ones there. All right, a couple of rapid fire questions as we kind of wrap up our our conversation here. What's the um, what's a what's a morning routine look like for you? Well, we we do get. I should have mentioned this in the earlier question about taking care of yourself. Eight hours of sleep a night for sure. So getting up around seven, getting the kids off to school between then and eight thirty. Um, really working out after that, starting our day closer, our business day closer to 9.30 or so. And then working until, I guess they get home around four and then family time. That sounds about right. And 
you know, the only thing I would add is that I add in the core four methodology, which means I'm going to spend time journaling, um, you know, looking at my schedule for the day, praying, uh, getting ready to work out, um, you know, the, the things that I know that kind of equal that consistent success. Awesome. There is some, an app that I was introduced recently that I have incorporated into my morning routine that your audience might enjoy too. And it's Lectio 365. And it's just 10 minute devotionals that are released daily. And it walks you through, um, you know, pausing, reflecting, taking action and yielding. And it's, you know, coming from an evangelical church background, it's much more liturgical, which is kind of fun to introduce different elements of spirituality into my practice. And so that's been something that I've been doing as part of my routine. And it's a good founding for the, for the day. Another one too is Encounter. It's a really great uh, biblically based uh, meditation um, organization. It's really great. Um, used it quite frequently. Awesome. What, um, what do you do to recover from like a stressful season? Not just like a day or two, but if there's like a stretch, I don't know, maybe the holidays we're coming up on those, some of those. <laughs> we just go on giant benders. <laughs> Fantastic. Moving yeah. on. Uh, <laughs> we don't remember. We just block yeah. out. Um. <laughs> so, so back to this. So I was going to, so I didn't, what didn't make it was, why did you start a brewery? <laughs> yeah, there it is. The, the stressful seasons. There it is. <laughs> uh, no, all joking aside, um, we can see when a stressful season is about to come to an end. So we'll work, we will work with our assistant, Hope, to not overcommit um, following that stressful season. So that means saying no to some things in our calendars, freeing up space. Um, maybe pushing some things out so that we have the opportunity to recover and recharge so that we're ready for the next big season ahead. Yeah, when I was younger, I didn't really understand what seasons of life meant. But now that we've owned businesses and we've seen it enough times, there's plenty of seasons where you know you're in a season of intensity. And when you kind of, when that starts to fall off and things become a little bit more chill, that my tendency is to fill that up with stuff and to do things and to, you know, get out there. And now I, as I've got older, I don't do that anymore. We do like what Shannon said, we, we protect that time because it's really a time of like catching your breath, um, relaxing. You know, we, we went through a really cool experience. It was a very intentional thing in 2019. We went through a 90 day sabbatical and it was funny about a month in, um, I literally just started remembering all these childhood memories that I hadn't thought of since I was a kid. And I think it was, my mind was so free to actually think about things like that. And it was really a gift. I was sharing stories with our kids and mm -hmm. uh, it was just, it was cool. And so on a slider, less scale, it's important that you, when you are in a heavy season, that when there's a lighter season coming, that you don't fill it up. Mm -hmm. hmm, I love that. It reminds me, I was reading a study. It was about, I guess they, they, they tested, how are they um, had two groups of middle schoolers. Have you, I don't know if you've seen this and they took like a one group out uh, into the woods, like camping and kind of like, but they, just, they had to separate from all technology for like three days. So they did these different tests and basically after three days, their creativity and they're like their ideas and just that, that, that side of what, however they were testing that, like their creativity was like, 300% more than the kid, the, 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 folk, the, the test group that, you know, was allowed to basically, you know, still have their technology and all that. So it was like just after three days of being in nature, disconnected from technology, like what it does 
you know, neurologically is, is just, it was fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah. I mean, cause if you think about how technology works, you're reacting to everything that's coming to you, whether it's social media or your email or incoming phone calls or even games, like it's a reaction. And you, when you separate from that and take a walk through the woods or go camping or sit on a beach somewhere, or hike a mountain, like you're creating, you're the one generating the ideas and the thoughts and the, the action instead of reacting to everything. So that makes perfect sense to me. All right. If you could sit down with all your clients, all, all the leaders, all the entrepreneurs that, you know, learn from you, if, if you could sit down with them, have a cup of coffee and you, you had just the time to share just kind of one idea. Here's one nugget. Um, this is a, this is a mini, you know, mentor, you know, conversation. You can share one, one thought that could really help them thrive, really help them, you know, win. What would that be? You go first. Mm, no, you go first. Okay. I'm still thinking of mine. What I would, <laughs> what I would tell every single business owner uh, that, or even like massive leader is that runs organizations is that um, there's something way bigger than your business you know, what is that? Because that's what you should be aiming at. Like business should support that vision. It shouldn't be everything to you. And prioritizing that will completely dynamically change the rest of your life, not only with your family, um, but also with your meaning and purpose too. That's good. I should have gone first. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think um, if you haven't already, like figure out, your intent, like what your owner's intent is for your business. Is it going to be a lifestyle business? Are you building an asset that you're looking to sell someday? Are you building a legacy that you want to pass on to your kids? Because that will inform how you grow, who you hire, whether you take on investments, how you lead. And so I think figuring that out early on will really help inform the direction that you head as a leader. Love it. All right, last one. This is always my favorite question. And you have to be honest. Okay, so don't, just because this is, you can't, you can't just kind of, you have to be honest. What's your most guilty, unhealthy pleasure? Alcohol, all forms of it. Wine, spirits, beer. It is, just love it. (laughs) Uh, I think, uh, yeah, that might be mine too. I mean, we own a brewery and a distillery, you know, uh, and that actually is something, you know, um, people go, well, gosh, do you have a problem? No, not at all, because we know how to actually manage it well Mm -hmm. and steward it well, because we see it as an asset to be stewarded. And um, the other thing, too, is, you know, the people that work there, um, we want to set a good example for them, too, is that you can you can do this responsibly. Uh, But, yeah, we we do enjoy it. Mm go on those benders that we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. Well, hey guys, thanks so much for, for being on. No, it's just some really awesome stuff. I mean, what a, what a great example uh, that you guys have set for so many of us uh, out there. And so I really appreciate it, but thanks for taking the time and just again, grateful and excited for, uh, to see what you guys come up with next. Thank yeah. you for the opportunity. Yeah. Thanks. As always, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would share it with your friends. 
And if you really enjoyed it, leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening, that would be a huge help so that other leaders can find us and learn more about what we're learning about. And don't forget, you can get 10% off your entire order at peakenergynutrition.com with the code podcast, 10% off your entire order. And remember, you owe it to those that you lead and to those that you love to bring your best energy. We'll see you next time.